this time, not this funk. You have taken over the farm, robot. Yes, the genius built the good neighbors to help the villagers in their absence, and they're still gone, so I'm using them to help. I am not trying to trick you into anything, Malt. I know that you want the villagers to all love you. Oh, well, I'm going to go around the village with you, and we're going to find out what everybody wants, and then we're going to give it to them, and then they're going to have to love us. It doesn't strike Kat as very weird, because again, backstory, like, Kat is used to Nobi being a dickhead. So the uh, snack itself, not weird, but the fact that it's a wafer. Yeah, our friend here wants to be the governor again, because he felt like he was helping people, and now he feels like he's useless and nobody likes him, and they're just leaving him here. So he's like, feels lonely and useless and shit. I was wondering if you could... Hmm, Get some of your fruit and work perhaps with Potter in secret to brew some alcohol. I'm not going to make you roll for this, I think, because if you ask, oh, can the Baku sniff you to know what you want? Farmer Applewhite will just come out and say she wants help on the farm and she feels like no one comes out and helps her and she has to feed everyone by herself and is growing resentful of that responsibility. Noby, I think you're cool, too. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Marina, would you like to... Would you like for everyone to... Think you are cool again? Uh, Anne can sniff Sun Moon Stars uh, to d- detect what she wants. Um, is is it that you are completely satisfied? I was thinking that you would want, uh, you know, revenge for uh, Neolith's murder uh, to, you know, dismember and eat, I believe you said. The killer? Oh yeah, that I want. I want to do that. I want to eat them. Okay, I think that's what uh, Anne sniffs out. Is they your... have to? They have to suffer for a long time first. It sweetens the meat. Cat is planning to kill you. <laughs> oh, piss! Mold receives this information without betraying any particular reaction. Uh, still lying there as the snow piles up on them. Uh, but after a moment to think about it, Mold says to Anne, So tell me about these tulpas. Everyone, uh, you like books, right? Probably, maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> you like you like when I, Laura Dale, tell stories, and I'm a person who helps craft fiction. What if I told you I was writing a book, a novel, a fiction book for the first time? I'm writing it with my wife, Jane. It's called Who Hunts the Whale. It is a definitely very fictional, not based in reality novel set in a fictional, very fictional, video game development studio, one of those big budget AAA ones that farms out games full of microtransactions every year. Mm. And it is from the perspective of someone working very closely with terrible executives, uh, trying to deal with, oh goodness, how do I, how do I handle what is happening here? 
It's definitely fictional. It's very fictional. I've got a problem with what you're describing already. I, you know, I, I personally am someone who wants to read a book and get um, uh, mad at the guys in it, whether whether I've been told they're real or not. Um, yeah. It, despite it being definitely very fictional, if I wanted to read it and, and think to myself, these are real things that happen in the games industry for real constantly all the time. Uh, could I do that with your book? Even, even though it's completely fictional. Even though it's completely fictional, you could do that, and I suspect by the time you finish it, the book might have nudged you in the direction that, hey, maybe, you know, maybe you should imagine that these are real things happening and that maybe you should be angry about them because maybe nothing will change if you don't care about them changing. And that maybe, maybe you think about that while enjoying a... It's weird to try and write satire in the <laughs> about the fucking video game industry right now, but uh, <laughs> I've given it a fucking good shot with my lovely wife Jane. So, who hunts the whale? You can pre-order it on Unbound. Uh, you can get a bunch of different reward tiers, including one where the fictional video game company, Supremacy Software, you can get a bunch of promotional tat with their company logo on, like t-shirts and pens. <laughs> yeah, Supremacy Software. You can get you can get tote bags. T-shirts, pens, all of the sort of marketing gubbins a company like that would throw at you. I would be kind of scared people would think I was an actual racist. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, with, that, with, with all that swag, you could, with all that uh, tat, you could look like, uh, just like a, like, a, like a booth babe or otherwise from home. You just like, just... Oh, yeah. If you are not, if you are lonely, put on all those booth babe clothes and look in the mirror. Unfortunately, our demographic is not lonely. People who listen to Dice Funk are getting laid constantly. Uh, they can't get enough. It's really well. That's fine. If you're getting laid constantly, you can buy multiple copies if you like, so that you and all of your sexual partners can read. Right. Who hunts the whale? It's on Unbound now. Everyone I've ever met who plays Dungeons and Dragons is a total freak. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> since I since I joined the podcast, I started re-listening to it, and then because I became a listener of Dice Funk. Uh, the amount of sex I was having just went through the roof. That's the thing about listeners of Dice Funk. <laughs> oh my god, that's actually true for me too. I don't know if it's related though. <laughs> it is. It is. But yeah, I, I, I'm going to explicitly say this. If you buy a copy of Who Haunts the Well, your chances of sex are going to go up a little bit. It's a good book. <laughs> It'll make you an interesting person, which enhances your sex stat. True. Yeah. People will ask, what are you reading? And you can be like, oh yeah, I'm reading a, a totally fictional but maybe not uh, story about the video game industry <laughs> and its abuses. It, it, it's quite an informative read, and the people will be interested in you when they hear you're reading such a cool book. A fictional slash alternate reality based uh, book. And you could have smart conversations about it. It's, and people would be like, well. It's clearly fictional because there is no company that exists that makes video games that is called Supremacy Software. Therefore, it has to be fictional. That's true. That's I, I have checked. I just Googled it just now. There isn't one. So she's yeah, right about that. Exactly. So like yeah. it's it's definitely fiction. And yeah. I can legally say that it's fiction. I like uh the move away from sex cells meaning we will include attractive people in the marketing and to just being like you will have sex if you buy my book. <laughs> I mean, it's the pickup artist marketing strat, and yeah. I feel like I'm gonna take Look, it. In 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 the time I've been writing the book. I've I've done sex, therefore, by transitive <laughs> properties, the book must make sex happen. This is definitely a first date like flex 
Like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm, first of all, I'm reading a physical exactly. book. I'm not even listening to it. I'm looking at it with my eyes. Already I'm better than you, and my sex desirability has gone up. I will say all of this out loud on a date. And I mean, if you want to be a real flex, you can get a signed copy, if you like, signed by both me and my wife, the pair of authors who've been working on this for the last six months. It's a real good book. You can have it signed. If you go home with someone and they don't have a Laura Kate Dale book, don't fuck them. Yeah, that's not it. That's sketch. Do you think if I like made a chart and like did the calculations with a spreadsheet and then showed my date, hey... Because I read this book and it has an intersection of several um, desirable things, I my points have gone up above your points. Mm. So therefore, well, you have to pull out, pull out your character sheet, Mari, and show them your charisma stat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. you can see that this gives me a plus two to charisma bonus. You need to respect that and acknowledge <laughs> it. <laughs> I, I, I think yeah. I can. I think I can guarantee that. Yeah, you say yeah. to them, you were concerned about about hypergamy. You were, com- you were concerned that you were oh being the, the beta box side of the Chad Fox beta box uh, uh, dichotomy. And, um, <laughs> but no, now you can see that actually you're the one uh, who is who is dating upwards. See, because I've overtaken you. Only Sigmas listen to Dice Funk. We know this. Right. It's true. Uh, every listener of Dice Funk, you look them up, what they look like? John Wick. John fucking Wick. <laughs> so you just need to picture that sexy boy. <laughs> all crimson chin motherfuckers <laughs> I don't, I'm being serious uh, like every polyamorous person I've met yet they're like yeah and I also host a Dungeons and Dragons thing and I'm like you just want to have enough partners to play Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> I know well, it it goes, it goes a little both ways but yeah <laughs> my polycules DPS is wild <laughs> it's true though also Austin is Joe the name of your female partner Joa, yeah, it's Joanna, but we, Joa is what she was by, yeah. Um, so, and you said that since they're gone, you're not going to do anything but atrophy. So, in essence, you have proven that men will die without <laughs> proper care. They'll just uh, lay there. You, someone's been reading Jake Gyllenhaal's manifesto. What the fuck is that? What is, what is... I don't want to hear about famous rich white men's opinions. They're just always weird. Like, I'm sorry. Is, it, is this the not bathing thing? Oh, he just did an interview where he said women are superior to men. That was all. I just thought it was funny. Oh, okay, to, cool. I sent it to some friends being like, hell yeah, we oh. are. Is it like in a cool way or in like a weird, like worshipping the yoni weird way? <laughs> where you're like, uh, okay. I know which one I hope it is. <laughs> I think he's a certified freak. He also doesn't bathe, apparently. I was just going to say, though, because of the ongoing global situation, Joa and I haven't really been out of each other's presence for like two years. There's only been like two points where we weren't in the same building. One, I got a piece of rubber stuck in my ear <laughs> and had to call her to come get it out. And the More other, proof I- that men will die. Will immediately die. That's a Sigma move. I'm sorry. That's... um. <laughs> <laughs> this time I went in the kitchen as soon as she left I went to turn on the light ripped the chain right out of the light fixture <laughs> <laughs> Good Austin's gosh, returning Austin. to monkey too rapidly as soon as Joe is out of his life <laughs> you, you can't be trusted alone you've become codependent <laughs> oh no or was he just like this before and now he's like reverting back as soon as they walked out the door Austin just laid on the floor and started just dying and the only cure for this is to buy a copy of Who Hunts the Whale now and Unbound Go Pre-order. Yeah. So the, the the voice from Bubble say, 
Do you want Austin Yorsky to die? If not, <laughs> buy a copy today. Buy two. You gotta, you gotta do it to be I, safe. I do. I want Austin. I want that guy you said. <laughs> I haven't heard of him, but I'm just a spiteful person. Do you do you want to be a sex haver? Buy this book. Do you want to do oh, a no, sex? No, I hate sex and Austin Yorsky. Alright, ten minutes of that. I'll edit out the part about fucking someone with a gun. You guys want to talk about where we last left off? <laughs> leave the- edit that out, but then leave the part out where you say you're gonna edit it out. <laughs> leave that in so that they can always wonder. I, so I really like the idea that scrolls- scrolls that have the fireball spell written on them if they impact a surface will explode. That's good. I love that. That's good. I actually have a very specific influence for that particular plot development, which is there's a film called Vertical Limit I saw when I was like 10, and it's never left me. I don't even think it's good. I think it probably sucks ass. But uh, <laughs> it's about like these mountain climbers who are you know climbing, I think, K2, and they each have uh, nitroglycerin with them to clear obstacles. And so like the main you know tension of the movie is that these mother effing nitroglycerin containers keep blowing up these climbers um and so i yeah when i had to think of a double botch consequence i was like yeah there were some climbers who had you know this universe's equivalent of nitroglycerin fireball scrolls very unstable and it just exploded i just think the law that you've established is is going to have enormous uh kickback that you haven't yet considered like if there's a i don't know a spell of invisibility on a scroll, and the scroll gets dropped. You lost your scroll. It turns invisible because you set it off. Mm -hmm. Any spell that's written down and is dropped is set off by the impact. I'm still thinking about how two men went mountain climbing with bombs. What? Dudes rock. What are they mm -hmm. No, are do they? <laughs> yeah. The uh, I, I will say that that is. Gosh, I need to give that mind, Austin, for uh, the next shard point episode, which is in development right now. Um, I might need to get in touch with you about it, but I just love it. I just love this thing. This 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 cart falls off and it just blows the fuck up. Okay, so we've all we've all died in an avalanche, but that's fine. I got to do my self promotion. It's all good. Yeah, I already had a backup character, so the rest of the season. I'm playing as the pizza rats. Nice. Okay, that's cool. See, if you had seen Vertical Limit, you know now is the part where you have to scramble for survival. It's, the film doesn't end just because a couple of bombs went off. Um, also, it's my it, it's my headcanon that they're unstable because they've been left out in the snow. It's like nitroglycerin sweats over time, right? And it becomes more unstable. So these Do you get scroll sweat. <laughs> if, you, if, you leave your, if you don't take care of your scrolls and you get like coffee stains on them and shit, they become more unstable. Oh fuck! This is why wizards are such nerds about all their paperwork. Because if you do, if you, if they get if they get tatty, then like you try and you. <laughs> oh no, Fireball like, is leaking out of the tear in the corner of my scroll, oh no. You try and use detect magic and you like uh, accidentally uncover truths about yourself because you like looked inside your soul. What happens if you like use it to like wipe your butt and stuff? Is that, <laughs> like so if if you like spill stuff on it, does it, could you change the spell? Like That's actually the least of your worries in D and D world because mimics exist. So like, yeah, it's a whole other thing that you got to be worried about in that situation. Honestly. Oh my god, you could mimics could mimic toilet paper. Yeah, that's <gasps> what I'm worried about personally. Oh fuck. Or you know, if you're into it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, like if someone's pretending to be my toilet paper, I don't think they're gonna try and harm me. 
Yeah. Yeah, they're there for a good time. We yeah. gotta move on. Uh, so the double <laughs> botch, just the most delicious of situations. I was looking for a place to end that episode, and I was like, hmm, I wonder if where, where it would be a natural. Oh, thank you for this beautiful cliffhanger. Also a film by Sylvester Stallone, not Vertical Limit, the previously mentioned mountain climbing film. There's a lot of them. Um, the Italian Stallion? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you guys want to talk you about his- Google that. You're welcome. Do you want to talk about his dick? If you want. It's out there. Um, so there are two botch consequences. The first is that the explosion uh, from the fireball scrolls, uh, you know, causes all of you hanging on these ropes uh, to slam into the wall. And one of your Beyblades shatters into a million pieces. You, you, you lose one third of your supplies immediately. The other consequence is that the rumbling from the explosion causes uh, an ice fall somewhere up the mountain. Uh, something shifts, something cracks and breaks, and you hear the distant rumbling of an avalanche. What do you do? I'm going to say that I think uh, Basil would have been traveling very close to Arze. Mm-hmm. So, Basil is going to make physical contact with Arze. Uh, I believe I can do this with one other person. Um, you can bring one willing creature of your size or smaller. Is Baz- is Arze Basil's size or smaller? Oh, almost certainly, yes. Cool. Okay, dimension door. We're going to teleport up the top of that cliff. If it's anywhere within 500 feet. <laughs> yeah, Basil and Arze uh, go to the top of this uh, sheer wall you were climbing, and you can see uh, from that vantage point, you just land on this this bluff, and you can look up and see a wall of snow moving towards you. Uh, Philippa oh, and Slimer still on the ropes below. Um, mm. Are they holding on okay at the second? Yeah, I didn't make the botch consequence that anybody lets go or falls. It was the yeah. supplies lost in the avalanche, so everyone is no, no one's taken damage or fallen. I think Philippa, who is a bird, I'll just get this out of the way right now, Mm-hmm. We'll just fly directly up uh, as high as possible, <laughs> especially if there's rumbling. So it's yeah. just like, I'm going to fly up and hover, hopefully for longer than this avalanche goes on. <laughs> and if, I, if I'm if i above the ground later and help the other people, there you go. In, in order to try and help, uh, Basil wants to use Mage Hand to start pulling the rope up now that he's up the top. Yeah, there's three of you up there. And yeah. There's three of you up there now, so you can pull the rope up faster than Slime could climb. All four of you are up on the top of the this sheer wall now, uh, and your two blade, bay blades kind of come with you. I assume you've tied ropes to them. They float. Um, yeah, sure. Not being super precious about that. But the important thing is now the 100-foot uh, wall of uh, snowy death mm. just barreling down on you. This is like a beautiful moment of you all standing on this cliff, turning around looking up at the mountain as the mountain comes to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, is, can I cast web? Will that do anything? (laughs) Between two points to like, I don't know, cause something to stop it. Um, oh, wait. Oh, I can cast. Do we have enough time to cast, um, uh, tiny hut again? That we can all get inside of it. That's, that's what I was about to ask about is does tiny hut stay in place if it's hit by an avalanche? Nothing can move it. Yeah, read Tiny Hut to the audience. I believe casting time of one minute. Yeah, so if I really start puking now, we can uh-huh. we can give it. <laughs> uh, Radius immobile dome of force springs into existence around and above you. Remains stationary for the duration. The spell ends if you leave the area. Nine creatures, medium size, can go in. 
within the dome, you cast the spell. It can move in freely. All creatures and objects are barred from passing through it. So all objects, snow is an object. <laughs> Spells and other magical effects can't extend through the dome, b- dome or be cast through it. The atmosphere inside the space is comfortable, warm, and dry. Uh, da, 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 da. Sounds perfect to me. Yeah. Pay me, pay me the picture. I, I just want to say, if you if, when you start doing it, uh, Philip is going to say, uh, uh, when the snow settles, I will melt back down to try to clear a path so you are not snowed in. And she's going to fly up again, like because uh, she she she's planning to like hover up above until the snow oh, settles. Yeah, that's super smart. Yeah. Let me Google how long does avalanche last. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't know. She's she's just hoping it's not long, literally. Uh huh. It's trying to give me Chevrolet avalanches. <laughs> Thank you, Google. <sighs> uh, avalanches usually last for under a minute once they reach like the place where you are. So, this a bird, mm-hmm. bird can fly for a minute. Absolutely. So, what color do you guys want the tiny hut? <laughs> <laughs> Any color. What's the quickest pick? color? Ochre. Oh, oh, geez. Red. Red's pink. the fastest. Pink. Go, pink. pink. Go, pink. 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 <laughs> so, somewhere Char Aznable looks sadly into the sky. Is, is it pink or is it salmon? I don't know. Okay. Just, <laughs> just, just pick one. I'm colorblind anyway. <laughs> All right. Pay me the picture because this works. All right, slime just starts puking as hard as they can. It's pink. And just at the very last second, right as the snow is about to kill us all, the the dome seals itself on top of the group. Perfect. Uh, Philippa, can I get a strength saving throw uh, for your arms? You've been climbing is the only reason. Obviously, you're a bird. It's not really that much of an effort normally. Mm. 15. Perfect. Now you pay me the picture. I guess you don't have to do it immediately, but because uh, we can give we can get a little shot inside the tiny hut in between here. But uh, everything works perfectly. The days this the city of Townsville is safe. Philippa <laughs> uh, <laughs> just flies straight up from from where they are um, uh, making the tiny hut, and she's gonna try to her, try her best to stay exactly where she flew up from, so that she'll be able to melt straight down when the ice when the when the snow settles and uh, after everything does come to a stop and she like slowly flaps slower to like lower herself onto the the snow i think with like the last few days this is like literally the first time she's been on her own except for when she was buried by a <laughs> terrifying mm-hmm. centipede monster uh-huh. and when she lands on the snow she just goes ah <sighs> And just looks around for a minute before she casts um, Flame Blade. Yeah, she just she just takes a minute to appreciate that she's on her own for a second and yep. has a moment of peace. And now Philippa is the one that digs us out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Hold, what's that? What's that moment of peace look for the people in the tiny hut? You're like, oh, I bet Philippa's dead. <sighs> Rip Philippa. <laughs> All right. So, Ozzy uh, Ozzy is just you know very. Uh, tired because he has two levels of exhaustion and just <clears throat> I can't thank you both enough for helping me there. I probably didn't have a chance in the middle of all of that. That's alright. I'm glad I I could be helpful. I did it. I was, I was helpful. Yeah. 
I hope that well, everyone is fine back in town, but at this point we are... Oh, geez. How far are we from the top? I wonder. Enter me! <laughs> uh-huh. That's the, the Austin, Austin, can we wait until after recording's finished? <laughs> Look, Austin, I know you got us all into your D&D group so that we could all also be a polycule, but, like... <laughs> Give us some space sometimes. I mean, I mean, the three of us are probably, uh, the four of us are not, a, I don't think, an adequate substitute for Joe anyway, so whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know either. I'm just saying it. Okay. As she Aze's, listens to the show. As Aze's saying, <laughs> as Aze's saying what Aze just said, uh, um, you hear from outside, <laughs> and and the glowing flames as the snow has melted away and the flap of the hut is lifted up showing Philippa who's making that noise herself <laughs> because she thinks it's fun hell yeah she's holding a, a fire sword I would do that yeah she's holding a sword made of fire that she's conjured with magic and she's just uh, as she melts the snow she's plunging it into the snow and going <laughs> <sighs> and she's like um she opens the flap and goes, Oh, how the tables have turned because of what happened yesterday. Mm, indeed. You're definitely better equipped for digging us out, but so. Pretty cool sword, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she, um, uh, lets go of it like with a, with a kind of a flourish, a little flick. Uh, like she's recoiling um, something and then the flame like whips out and then disappears into thin air. I, I know I should probably be um, terrified for my life. I've seen so much cool stuff up here. It's been pretty good. <laughs> so many new things. I am starting to feel a lot better. Uh, this might have been the perfect possible time for a hike. I've quarantined all of my emotional cells into one spot so I don't ha act irrationally, but now I can feel them screaming all the time. Oh no, do you have one very scared pancreas going on? In a sense, yes. It's, uh, I, I, I appreciate that you're, you're getting enjoyment from the journey itself. Uh, uh, it re reminds me of, well part of what my job was back then when it was the travel being as meaningful as being in the presence of the new world so I mean if the, if, if the walk here is like this I do not know how I am gonna handle getting up there that's uh, <laughs> gonna be a lot I do wonder if there's anyone that well had their attention piqued by the avalanche itself but we should probably be getting out of this drift here and getting to some better visibility. So I maybe should not have made lightsaber noises. I mean, I, enc I encourage the lightsaber noises. Um, how do they go again? I want to try. <laughs> and she uh, flicks her hand, but in the, 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 the same flourish, but reversed, and summons the flame blade out of thin air, and she goes, like this? With my official Star Wars lightsaber? Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> now nah, more like boom! And Philip is going, yes, but but like, boom! 
And she starts to uh, melt a path uh, that is is less steep and much more climbable up out of the drift away from the tiny hut, going the whole way. Okay. You germ and germ your way up through the uh, newly fallen snow. Can I get survival checks from the group? Uh, to navigate this terrain because everything's kind of shifted now. There's, you know, mm-hmm. quite quite a lot of new snow here in the paths. I see. Rolled a ten. Four. Ten. Uh, Basil rolled a crit twenty-three. Unfortunately, you're exhausted, so you did not. Oh no! Unless what you roll next is higher. No. Okay, an eighteen. <laughs> eighteen still pretty good. I'll take an eighteen. 10, 10, 18, 4. So the whole, the group passes average, so you're able to navigate up out of uh, where you are without over much difficulty. I mean, it still sucks, mm-hmm. like, wading through all the snow. Like, it's all loose now, so when you're trying to walk through it, it's all getting packed down. It's hard climbing, but uh, nobody takes any damage or gains any additional exhaustion. Uh, so this is just, right now, it's a steep uphill climb through the, the avalanche snow. What are you all doing or talking about? <laughs> Basil has not stopped making those noises this entire ball. <laughs> Can Basil cast Flame Blade? Because if so, he could do it on his horn. Uh, he certainly doesn't know it right now, but I'm going to look into whether that's a thing he could learn at next level up, because I think he would like to. It has occurred to me that my daughter is soon going to not be able to speak because the person who bestowed speech onto her has been murdered oh yep that 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 did happen Mm. well i ate some of neela's brains and got little pieces of different recipes but the one i need most is to complete is the one with the tongue sandwich otherwise my daughter will be cursed to non-verbalness forever that that is incredibly important um that is yeah, I can, I, I can probably help with that. I, I can't help with the um, the food side of it. It's not something I uh, have, have much experience with, but I, I can probably help with the how to put magic words into the thing, if, if that bit would be useful. Yes, I think my daughter does like to talk. Yeah, I, I, talking is good. I do appreciate being able to do so. Uh, I think... Basil will uh, attempt to teach tongues as best possible. I think it might be a little bit difficult as Basil... As a warlock, hasn't really had to think about how how they do magic. Mm-hmm. It's very much just a... Uh, it just sort of happens response, but I think Basil will, will do their, their best to be like, this is where it feels like the magic is coming from, and this is how I'm channeling it and this is what it what i'm thinking about when it comes out and try and teach it that way yeah also last climbing episode you made jerky out of the remoraise so that's also cooking adjacent can i get intelligence checks from both of you these are not with disadvantage i think it's like you've been talking about what to do about cat's speech and then you you know settle down for camp for the night and a slime you're trying a recipe and basil you're trying to teach tongues Oh. Okay. Mm. 21. Uh, 16. 
Hell yeah, both successes. So yeah, paint me the picture. You don't get tongues now. That's a love love thing, but this is like an in-universe justification and also the first step of slime learning to cook because you said you wanted to experiment in a little bit. So this is like the first roll we've done. Uh, what's what's the, what are you cooking here at the camp? Slime, how does this look, Basil? Um, slime, by way of who they are, has a hard time conceptualizing the need for good flavors, but is willing to learn because they know on a factual basis, other people enjoy them. They just don't know why. Look, I know it's not strictly necessary for this to uh, to function, but you will have an easier time with this if you do a little bit of spice. If you, you, you sprinkle a little, little of that on there, if you got it, you know it, it will make it something that they want to come back to a little bit quicker. Um, but yeah, just sort of as you're making it, really sort of concentrate on that uh, sort of mouth feel, focus on the tongue, focus on the little taste buds, and sort of channel the magic of the taste buds. And the magic of the tongue, right, sort of at the thing as you as you're making it, and there you go. Nah, taste. Okay, they move two of their mouths. Third one still has Neelith in it, trying to emulate mouth sounds and thinking about it being put into the recipe. Yeah, you don't have to enjoy the 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 the, the presence of the tongue. Just sort of acknowledge it's there as you do your magic. Really think about that tongue being a thing that exists. Tongue. Tongue. There you go, you got it. I'm emotionally distressed. I'm sorry. Magic can be a lot sometimes. Um, think about the f tongues, but also the fact that your do your your kid is going to be able to uh, going to be able to talk and continue talking, and hopefully that'll counterbalance the tongueness. My grief is significant, and yet the world moves on as if it didn't happen. I don't know how to do this. Slime took Neelith's body from the crime scene, right? Yeah. It's in one of Slime's mouths. Just checking. It's in a bottle. I remember. I'm concerned any time that Sophie asks anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what is the implication here? The tone in which I was like, have I done something wrong? I just wanted to know. I just because we 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 had the crime scene scene, and then we went away and prepared to go up the mountain, and then we're up the mountain, and it just occurred to me right now, this Neelith just is yeah with us. Okay. Weird, Sophie. It's like people don't trust you now. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is hell for me. Yes. Hey, I am 100% equally as complicit as you. I get off scot free. Ha ha! <laughs> <laughs> next, next season, my character's gonna be an adorable baby. Everyone's gonna love. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna murder your adorable I'm baby. Engineer next ways for people to betray me so that they'll so that they'll be angry at you all, not me. Uh, I'm going to murder your baby. That's the jacket <laughs> quote for your new book, Laura. <laughs> I, I'll say that while while this the cooking lesson's going, Ozzy probably has like. A, a book out with star notes on it and it's just like jotting things down reviewing notes he's had from prior treks up the mountain and such but otherwise just being a little bit quiet after well the exhaustion of traveling <laughs> oh uh all, all i was gonna uh do to end the scene i think is basil um was gonna i i don't think he i i don't think basil knows whether this would be accepted or not but um can, 
Then I'll offer you a hug. Thank you. I, um, Slime uses as many hands as they can to embrace Basil. Just uh, every hand. Basil, uh, mage hands to have a big hand with which to, in, to join the hug. I'm always worried when a character gets introduced late that they're not going to have enough time to bond with the rest of the cast, but I do love the Basil Slime uh, social link speedrun. <laughs> 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 you you got to get sli- Slime's persona. It's so powerful. Both of them don't have much prior experience with socializing. I think it's a perfect match. No, yeah, it's it's almost too perfect. The the longest living life form and the, the most newly born life form in existence. Opposites attract. People just fit into each other's niches. Think about it. Basil has no hands. Slime, entirely hands. That's <laughs> that's it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've read enough Yaoi to know this. It's all about the hands. Hands is what makes Opposites relationships attract. happen. Yeah, that's why snake, snakes and millipedes are best friends. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you gotta fit in those gooey, gooey niches. Gotta get right in those slimy crevices. What were we talking about? Slime. Oh, I don't know. Basil and Slime finished making friends. Uh, so after Slime and Basil make dinner, everyone goes to bed, and you awaken to find uh, the weather has taken a turn. Uh, higher up on the mountain... Uh, the the visibility has dropped very, very sharply. Uh, you are essentially in whiteout conditions. Uh, you can see uh, sunlight kind of peeking through, but it's, it's a thick mist. And with the snow uh, from the avalanche kicking up, you know, all this loose snow into the air and stuff, it's, you can barely see like five feet in front of you. It's, it's, li- it's light out. It's not dark. It's just whiteout. So uh, can I get... Uh, nature to even know where to start. Nature checks from everybody. Mm-hmm. Ah. Ten. Okay. Thirteen. Uh. Ten. Yeah. Ten. Thirteen. Fifteen. Ten. Above average. So uh, you all are able to figure out uh, by where the elevation changes and consulting Aze's notes and uh, using just what you know about mountains and snow and so forth, or how to proceed safely. So it, it's much slower going because you kind of can't see where a crevasse might be or if you're about to be eaten by something but you you move slowly and surely and uh the party does not get lost which would have been the consequence so what do you all talk about as you just walk through what seems to be a, a world of mist i'm making another phantom steed yeah <laughs> yeah the ritual creature returns i I love him yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Philippa says, um, Philippa says, I'm really getting a lot of use. She's like uh, going on and on about her, her flame blade that she's just super into. <laughs> she's like, mm-hmm. I'm really getting a lot of use out of this. I might uh, I might just get more fire spells in future. I'm really enjoying it. I haven't had a chance yet to talk with any plants and I'm realizing. Aze, are there, are there plants in the new world? Mm, most certainly, yes. I will talk to them. Oh, there's going to be animals. I can talk to them. Oh, we're going to talk to so many things up there. <laughs> Trying to think of anything that Ozzy can do to help in this outside of just making everyone move faster. <laughs> hey, would uh, would Gust be good at clearing some mist? Oh, homie, you know it would be good. <laughs> well, you know, it's a cantrip, so I can just, I can just like, oh, do that. fuck. I can just do that Feel whenever up. I feel. <laughs> it's almost like you used to live up on this mountain. <laughs> 
yeah it's a lot it's a little yeah yeah you could say that yeah sure yeah <laughs> but Aze, Aze will, will actually comment on uh philippa uh just sort of like and say like you know you uh, i don't think you, you you said you never made the trek to the top of the mountain but you're <laughs> well there's no societies there and i study societies but you have you have you're really showing your experience being in the mountain at the very least. Oh, thank you. I've mostly been in the one place, but um, I guess off the back of that, then Philippa turns around and is like, "I know what we can do about this mist." And um, I think she just flaps her wings, but like, but um, you know, you can tell that something magical is going on. I don't think that there's any kind of illusory big magic wings or anything. But she's flapping her wings, but the, 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 the wind generated from this is far, far more than, than little tiny Philippa uh, could generate. And, and so it, it blows up, up, I guess, blows a path in the mist is what I'm kind of imagining. Um, because it's just like a, a straightforward direction of, of gust of wind. So, right? It, it yeah. clears what's in front of us. Some classic Pidgeotto shit. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I picture like a little bit of like an anime sort of gleam on the tip of the wings before they just cla- before like one frame later they they flap forward and and a, and a puff of wind just goes forward and just kind of clears uh, visibility as we move along. So it's just like I can always picture Philippa having other vocalizations to go along with this as well. <laughs> um, what do we see? This was a great use of a cantrip because, yes, uh, when I had you roll for nature, uh, you got average, so you weren't in immediate danger, but I was concerned about you seeing an upcoming uh, crevasse ahead of you. There's a crack in uh, an ice sheet which you could easily fall into ahead that you see now per- after you've gusted away the mist, um, and it is significantly less dangerous. So tell me how you, how you cross this. Uh, no disadvantage because of the gust uh, on it, whatever you do here. How far is the the gap? It is, uh, you would have to roll to jump it, but it, it doesn't seem impossible. It just seems like it'd be a cool action set piece jump. I think Philip is just going to be really boring again as ever throughout this entire mountain climb because she's a bird climbing a mountain. So she uh-huh. just flies, little flap of the wings, little flutter across. Ain't no big. Oh no, a hole. Flat, oh my flat, god, flat, a flat. hole. <laughs> I'm very ready for <laughs> next season Austin to just be like, and every character with wings accidentally falls over and breaks their wings. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and welcome to the reason why some tables actually ban Aarakocra for as, for, as, as a race option. Wow. Yeah, we, we've talked about this before, but I let players get into some wild shit. I mean, you know, fuck <laughs> slime. Yeah. Slime would not be allowed at any tables. Nope. Absolutely. <laughs> no, no. Anyway. Why not? It's just not done. It's it's gonna, Why? It's a party foul, but I, I want you to Why? live your dreams. <laughs> Wait, what's a party foul? <laughs> your entire awesome? character. <laughs> Why? Uh, circumventing death. Uh doing certain things with spells that are a little bit outside of course there's if you really set your mind to it you would easily take over the whole world i mean look at what mold is doing like you could just do that well that's why i'm not doing it because it's too op unless i use this new spell uh i i one of the things that Aze can do to help uh, uh help with the the jumping um could be using another instance of imbued constellation to grant um 
himself uh slime and basil with the with bull strength which will give advantage on strength checks and uh double carrying capacity for whatever it's worth yeah i want to actually state if you're if you're on your phantom steed slime you already have advantage so i i don't, I don't think the game really has double advantage but i guess you could roll three times if you want <laughs> you're, you're probably fine i thought it would just like negate the exhaustion disadvantage or something. The gust already gave you that. Oh. <laughs> you have quadruple advantage. <laughs> Traditionally, yeah. the only way to roll three dice is you have the luck, the lucky feat, um, which means that if you have disadvantage, you actually have advantage, which is like the funny stuff too. But. So did you say Basil now has advantage on strength? On the strength check, yeah. For uh... Cool. Hell yeah. Let me let me do a strength check then and see about maybe getting over this this thing. Sixteen. Of course. Eleven for Haze. So not great, but yeah. It's not it's not three. It's not a three. <laughs> Basil gallops and does a majestic leap through the air. Oh my god. <laughs> Mari, eleven, five, and six. <laughs> Yeah, it just really just didn't it didn't work for me. I mean, it still got I needed 10. We got 11 11 16. So, I, and with all these bonuses, it still was close, but nobody falls in the crevasse, uh but I guess Aza you just barely make it yeah. and the Phantom, Phantom Steed just takes it easy. <laughs> just really leisurely. Well, the Phantom Steed, you know, it's not really a steed. So, just imagine all the body parts just like rolling up, you know? It's not, it's just the body parts making it up, you know, bit by bit. I just want to make sure you're not imagining horse movements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't, don't get it twisted. We are aware of your, your macabre <laughs> sense yep. of things. Mm -hmm. uh, so on the other side of this crevasse, uh, Philippa, you can continue to gust the whiteout away to some extent. Um, and you can see up ahead, uh, it's still in the distance, but you can see the peak of Mount Grendel and where it touches the sky and this is if we were playing call of cthulhu i might make you do like a sanity check now because seeing a mountain pierce through the sky is a lot to take in mm -hmm. so i think all of you are kind of just momentarily stunned uh by what you've seen i guess except for Aze, who has seen it before but mm -hmm. it's uh the scale is terrifying in a way um and it also really hits home that the sky is fake in a way this is a thing about our world building, which may come as a surprise to new listeners who didn't kind of pick up on this, but the sky is is the floor of a new world, less so than an actual sky the way we think of it. And it's when you see it, you're like, what am I looking at? Is this like the, the, the world knife from His Dark Materials? The Subtle Knife, one of my favorite book series. Yeah, it's it's. You watch the show? It's good. Uh, I didn't love the show, but I did watch it. It it, it was at least not the movie adaptation that existed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not good. I did I, mm, <laughs> I did get blown through most of that movie, so I don't remember it. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> really uh -huh. well. Austin, Austin, I'm never horny, you're sleepy. I'm just saying, I remember it fondly, is what I'm saying. So we've got fondly. the golden compass and the Epcot ball. There's, a, there's the Wendy's incident, and now this. This is what I'm saying. Dungeons and Dragon players, fuck. 
that's I'm 17, got a two hour blowjob. Okay, like that's a Dungeons and that's a Dungeons and Dragons player. Uh, like like, and, and I'm just sitting over here like, wait, that there's a post tube shit. Hold on, let me look up the runtime. Whenever I hear that anyone plays D and D, I immediately uh, sorry. Whenever I hear that anyone uh, has a lot of sex, I immediately wonder what they what class they mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't the whole time, Mari. I had to stop when the bear was on screen because it's like, no, 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 stop. Hold on. The bear's here. I love the bear. It's Yurik Benson. <laughs> I love him. He's my hero. The alcoholic bear. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. He's so good. Anyway, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, the sky, the subtle knife. Yes. Uh, so, so you can all see you can all see that in the distance. Um, what do you do? An hour and 53 minutes, by the way. Yeah. It's That's how long the movie was. Mm-hmm. It's that elevator you go up in Dark Souls 2 where it's like the top of a tower and you get in it and you go yeah. up and then it opens and it's like a lava world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you buy the do you buy the fan theory that that's an intentional world building choice and not just people made level made levels by themselves and then stuck them together? It absolutely feels that way to me uh, like the the former <laughs> to me when I'm playing it. Like yeah. It absolutely feels like a world that is deliberately extremely fucked. And From Software also like include allusions to Lovecraft throughout all of that works. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, it's a very Lovecraftian style of thing to do to just like accidentally fall between worlds. Yeah, I want to talk about From Software. I want to talk about From Software more because I want to rep Lost Kingdoms, but we do have to continue. <laughs> uh, please play Lost Kingdoms for the GameCube. It fucking rocks. So, 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 Aze will kind of you know, pull himself forward as well as he can and make a gesture up to, well, the opening, the passage, the where the sky has been pierced and and split, and we'll say, this is well, not the end of our journey, but a culmination of our work so far. It's quite something. Mm-hmm. I have a question. So, like, this world seems fine, and I'm wondering why it's fine. So you're saying Mount the village of Grendel seems fine. Uh, so many of your friends are dead. And the la- if you listened to the last season, it was, like, full of cannibals and ruins and stuff. Oh. It was a little bit Mad, Mad Max-esque down in the <laughs> yeah. rest of the world. Oh, okay. Outside of this village is not as nice, yeah. Um, but but it's getting better because of what people in the last season did. But yeah, this is all this is all lore for longtime listeners, uh, new listeners. As far as you're concerned, uh, this little village and its mass murder problem is like the nicest place in the post-apocalypse. Oh, so we're abandoning this world and going to Mars. I mean, the new world. Some people are. Some people are perfectly happy uh, doing Mad Max shit. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, this isn't going to be relevant this season, but just to note out there, there is a new generation of less powerful gods. They're shrouded in mystery, but they are out there. And if, like, for instance, one of you this season wanted to play a cleric or a paladin, that would have been a plot element. But none of you did, so it hasn't come up. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, uh, she said something. I'm going to take a leveling cleric just to... Just to <laughs> oh, I love you guys. Mm-hmm. We love you too, Austin. Why don't we do something about supplies? Because you lost one third of them. I think now uh, is the time where we reckon with this. Does anybody have a role about what you do uh, about your supplies? If you don't suggest one, I will. Survival seems like the most obvious one in terms of um, taking the supplies we have and figuring out how they can stretch, at least. Yeah. If not, also thinking about whether we can pick up anything else. Like, 
Yep, that works for me. Let's do survival. 15. Oh, boy. Aze is going to tap into uh, the starry form of the scribe before he taps into this for a reason. <laughs> 10. Um, so the result of that is an 8, however. Being the scribe allows him to treat a roll on an int or wisdom check that comes out as 10 or 9 or lower as a 10, so that's a 15. Uh, so slime is the only one who fails, so you're going to get a second level of exhaustion. No! As the supplies... <laughs> <laughs> the supplies that uh, were lost uh, were most relevant to you. Mari, so that was a very can... cute no. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. So why don't you pay me this picture? I think now Ozzy and Slime are the only ones with two exhaustion. Everyone else has one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Slime's emotional turmoil as they try to hold it in a quarantine zone inside their body is causing problems. What did you say before? It was like the the fear spleen or something. What was that phrase someone used earlier? I've seen that David Cronenberg film. <laughs> <laughs> the spooky pancreas. <laughs> it's a pink. Wait, no, Laura said it. I can't remember. I I think I think I've said pancreas. I don't remember what emotion was stored there, but the pancreas. You know. There you go. Pancreas. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever think about how D&D groups are kind of like the Cronenberg film Shivers? Anyway, just wrapping it back around. So everyone's a, everyone's at least a little bit tired, but Aze more so than anyone, and now Slime, uh, your, your panic pancreas has uh, shifted out of alignment, and you are also kind of lagging behind. How do you all... Uh, how do you all discuss things as you reach the last leg of this journey? Like up ahead, you can see where the peak cracks the sky, but you still got to get up to it. Yeah, so I think that um, Philippa lags back to talk to Slime, who uh, is is lagging behind because of her exhaustion. And Philippa says, um, um, Slime, can I talk to you about something perhaps um, emotionally burdensome? Yes, but that might make my um, emotional pancreas explode. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay. Can I talk to you about something that is tactically relevant and we will need to have this conversation now because otherwise we could be in danger? Sure. I'll reinforce the walls. <laughs> if Aze has been his usual self and it has been nice to have him as our tour guide up the mountain but it also must be said that we are here for the reason that we are here to find out if he is, um... It feels ridiculous to say, but... After our... Well, after our conversation the other day, it feels ridiculous. I, I really thought over it, and I was thinking about Aze, and... Just everything I know about Aze just doesn't... It doesn't make sense, really. I don't think that he... Has... It in him to do these horrible things, but... We are here for what we are here for, so if we get up there and we find Voya's body, obviously murdered, what, I mean, what would we do? Like, Could anyone else have killed Voya? I don't think so. I, Aze took Voya up the mountain. Aze is the one who knows the way up the mountain. 
Unless it was just a random traveler, I suppose. But that seems unlikely. And look, we, this hasn't happened, but I think I am, I am trying to logically approach the point of discussing what if we have to fight Aze. Considering that the three of us is, are stronger than Aze alone and him taking us up the mountain, I would assume he very much thinks he's going to prove his innocence. He's not stronger than all three of us. And if we found out he was guilty, we would just kill him at the top of the mountain and then eat him. <laughs> well, we we can't. We have to bring him back so the other villagers know that we didn't. Let, no, that's not um, the more important... Well, I don't want to carry his body. We can keep his head. That's it. Uh, that is good. I think you are maybe putting the um, dismembered body parts horse before the cart, the before the Beyblade. Um, I do that. Uh, <laughs> I am, I am not confident in this situation that it would be the three of us to Aze. He's gonna eat us. <laughs> it's you and me and Basil who sees Aze as a father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. If if we get there and things look nasty, I think the most important thing will be to immediately reason with Basil and make sure that Basil is on our side and not Aze's side. I see you're upset. Don't worry. There could be frost giants or those big worms that killed Boya like that. <laughs> okay. It could be anyone who horribly murdered Voya. Maybe. Don't worry. Doesn't have to be Aze. We'll just have to prove that he did. Maybe. Uh, um. We're surrounded by things that could kill us all the time. It doesn't just have to be Aze. Don't worry. It's okay. <laughs> yes. Maybe. Uh, yes, I, I will worry less. Y yes. Good I idea. I... Yes. Let's go find Voya. Do you think Aze is a person who would have enough foresight in a murder to smash the people's brains? <laughs> wow, do you think Aze is stupider than an actual literal sheep? <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> oh my god, blow the good. fuck out. <laughs> I mean, look, it's not a slight on Aze. I think that sheep is very cold and calculating, okay? Oh, I really don't. <laughs> he's a dumbass. <laughs> no, anyway, but he's um... a cold and calculating dumbass. <laughs> Philippa's like, you want to talk strategy? And Slime's like, what if things were worse? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Philippa's... Philippa... I think Philip is like, um, yes, that's actually something that I've been thinking about since our last conversation, too. I was thinking about everyone in the village and Venta and the quarry and 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 Potter and how aggressive he was when he thought it was Aze and and Nobi and his outbursts. I, what if everything is terrible? What if community is a lie and we are in a perpetual war of all against all? Oh, it seems like you're severely lacking in positive chemicals in your brain. Yeah, I think she's turned into a big puffball while all her feathers have stood on end, and she's just like the big, the big white owl eyes. She's just really not doing well. 
I've watched civilizations rise and fall, and in all of them, there were good points and bad points. One day, Grendel will dissolve into dust and be nothing, and no one will ever remember it. But that's okay. You'll still have lived there. <laughs> Philippa starts to hyperventilate, I think. <laughs> nothing you do matters, and no one's going to remember you, so you may as well be happy. <laughs> Philippa starts to cry. All right, so Slime is traumatizing Philippa in the back of the group, so Basil and Ozzy turn around to see what's going on. And this uh, emotional situation is heightening as Philippa starts sobbing and Slime <laughs> starts giving you the nihilism lecture when suddenly something cuts through the din. It is something uh, shocking but familiar. The bleeding of a sheep. The bleeding of a sheep? Bleating. <laughs> Oh, the bleating. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was like, no, no, B, is this where you came to wipe off all the blood? <laughs> He's come uh, back to finish the job. Oh, uh, I'm, 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 saying, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's like, oh, huh. Are there frost giants nearby? Uh, perception? Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm opting out of Philippa's perception roll, because... Uh, She's in a bad way. Uh, ten from Basil. It's an eight from Aze. Yeah, so the party fails, and you know Philippa doesn't even sit up from the fetal position. Uh, the beating, <laughs> the the bleeding grows louder, and uh, it seems to be coming from multiple directions now uh, in the whiteout. And Philippa's not using gust any longer, so the mist creeps back in, and you're all plunged into a terrifying whiteness as the bleeding grows louder. And more numerous all around you. I'm gonna have to enunciate more specifically. Bleating. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll edit in post some bleating. Yeah. With all of the with all of the uh, all of the sheep noises, Philippa turns to slime. And says, Can you hear sheep noises? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy's gonna try to make his way over to slime and. Uh, Slime and Philippa, and is you know trying to kneel down to do his best to well provide some comfort to Philippa as well as he can because he's not sure what's caused her this much distress while also peering around at all the bleating that is going on. <laughs> uh, dexterity saving throws, folks. Oh, uh huh. Are we on disadvantage for uh saving throws as well? Okay. No, that's a higher level of exhaustion. 13. Mm, three. Ozzy has a seven. Eight. It wasn't quite a botch. Everyone fails. Can we ba-ram you the sheep? I'm sorry, what was that word? Ba-ram you. I don't Basil know has tongues. I mean, I need... I would need to use... Ba-ram you. It's from Babe. When Babe learns how to talk to the sheep, they learn the secret sheep code in order to talk to sheep. I haven't seen that film since I was a child. I just don't remember. Uh, I'm sorry. Two things real quick. One, everyone takes 16 damage as a stampede of sheep run you the fuck over. Mm. That's the first thing. The second thing is now you start hearing the distant thunder of mighty footsteps running in your direction. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Slime yells hello into the whiteout. The sheep keep coming. Oh, I, that wasn't a quick stampede. It, you're in the you're in the f end of the first act of Lion King right now. Uh, fuck it. I'm gonna burn a spell slot. I'm gonna use uh, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use tongues and talk 
talk to the sheep and tell the sheep, um, oh, fuck, what do I, what, how, what do I say to sheep? Um, <laughs> that's the key to the whole season, really. What do you say to sheep? Yeah. <laughs> uh, get, get, get the fuck out of here. There's a wolf this way. Go that way. Uh, bah. Uh, <laughs> I love a unicorn <laughs> saying bah. Animal handling for me, uh, your advantage uh, for using tongues is cancelled out by the disadvantage of exhaustion, so just give me the animal handling straight up. Okay. 17. Hell yeah. Alright, Basil, you uh, keep the party from incurring any further damage by redirecting the sheep away from the group. So that that's that's solved as far as taking damage immediately. Ad- additionally, Philippa would like to pass without trace so the whole party is cloaked in shadows and can't be detected by... What's obviously giants. <laughs> well, I want to talk to him. I got something to tell him. Do I need to be disadvantaged on that if I do that? Uh, no, I think Pass Without a Trace is just something you do. There's no role, yeah. I don't think. Oh, uh, sweet. Okay. Aze is going to assist Philippa by casting um, uh, Longstrider, which is Longstrider, which he's, he's really, uh, renamed to the Traveler's Journey and targeting everyone. So everyone's uh, movement speed is increased by 10 feet for the next hour. Wait, I want to leave a note. Hold on, there's hold on one at a time. You guys are everyone's getting real ahead of themselves. Let's 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 one step at a time here. Okay, so Basil, you redirect the flow of sheep by saying "run this way," and so you're you're getting them around uh, the party, and you hear some sheep yell back at you like, you know, thanks. Uh, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. You're not my dad. Get off the road. <laughs> you yeah. don't want to get eaten. Get the fuck out of here. But the, yeah, the most important thing you hear them yelling at you is, Frost Giant, run! Uh, and that thundering footsteps from behind uh, is unmistakable now. But it, it is footsteps two. Two feet, one giant. If it was a, a, a hunting party, a war party, it would be cacophonous. Uh, in fact, I don't know if they would, you know, have a whole war party run at the same time. That might trigger an avalanche. I think they know their environment better than to do that. But this seems to be one frost giant chasing a herd of sheep. Uh, what do you do to this knowledge before we move on to more spells? Again, hey. Philippa wants to hide because she's having a oh. panic attack and a giant comes. Slime, what language do you say hello in? Oh, shit. What languages do I know? Hold on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have giant. Never mind. I don't try. Wait. No. I don't. Oh, wait. I have comprehend languages on. Fuck you. Who? <laughs> <laughs> a, a little aggressive. <laughs> um, let me read this before you do anything. For the duration, you understand the literal meaning of any spoken language you hear. You understand any written language you see. This does nothing for you to communicate to them. Shit. Never mind. That spell is tongues. But I, I do like you yelling, hey, and then just getting no response because that's nothing to the frost giant. Hmm. Can Basil cast tongues on me? That is a solution if Basil uh, has this the spell slots uh also i i do not i i have tongues myself that i can continue to use but i can't cast it on you can i write or i, I can only read okay never mind uh basil's gonna run after philippa and attempt to do some comforting um hey it's uh it's, it's gonna be all right it's gonna be all right can i do anything for you um She's just, I think she's just crying a bunch. I don't know. I, 
Uh, so, uh, Basil, you go to comfort Philippa. Uh, Slime, you're thinking about your spell selection. Uh, there's the, still the chaos of the stampeding sheep. And now you see a dark shape in the whiteout. It's the frost giant. It is arriving to your position. And the, the, like, the last stragglers of the sheep that are running uh, hide behind the party for protection. Help us! <laughs> okay. Philippa Phillip, snivels a little bit and she says, If they are... Within thirty feet of me, they won't. They will be cloaked as well until I stop doing it. <laughs> uh, um, uh, how about read past without a trace for the audience? Sure, a veil of shadows and silence radiates from you, masking you and your companions from detection for the duration. Each creature you choose within thirty feet of you, including you, has a plus ten um bonus to dexterity stealth checks and can't be tracked by magical means creature that receives this bonus leaves behind no tracks or other traces of its passage how many sheep are there it's difficult to tell in the whiteout but i would say like 200 altogether within 30 feet of you like 20 um but yeah i i I'll, let me be as specific as possible if you want to say we huddle together with this group of sheep without pass without a trace uh, the frost giant will pass you by and will leave, and that the, the the danger will be over if that's how you want to handle it. That is the solution. Okay, let's do that. All right, the uh, frost giant passes by the group, uh, huddling in the whiteout with pass without a trace. Uh, you save these twenty or thirty sheep for sure. You don't know what happens with the rest because the frost giant stalks off towards them. And it's fine. Bleat- I told them to run faster. They'll be fine. Uh, they're bleating. Uh, disappears into the distance uh, as the frost giant is peculiar to you philippa i was just gonna ask if i know him yeah i would say roll history um w- with uh not any advantage or disadvantage your exhaustion cancels out your living with them so four <laughs> yeah no you, you it, you're like oh that guy was kind of weird but you don't know why he's, he's gone too quickly um and then uh you're left with like 20 or 30 scared sheep <laughs> shivering, in, uh, not from the cold, from fear, uh, in your veil. Uh, what do you do? Philippa, how do frost giants feel about their dead bodies? Uh, should I do another roll for this? Or <laughs> <laughs> um, I, You can make something up. I was going to say, I, I don't actually know off the top of my head their, their burial lore, so I would be, I would be lying. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I mean, there was a there was a frost giant grave in Grendel, right? So it's like we've already kind of established that they have. Um, My intuition would be because frost giant lore is so heavily based on uh, Northern European lore, it would be like mostly that they would do the the Viking funeral pyre, but like the one that was buried in Grendel was like uh, one who had been exiled from the mm-hmm. main community. I mean, and people why... people around the world bury their like uh, their dead nearby to their settlements, and in, in, in the emotional connection of having them stay nearby, and like the Viking burial is uh, a thing for raiding people who are like away, I believe. Like, you can't bury them, so you'd burn up their body. Yeah, I'm saying D&D does a, a very specific Hollywood version of culture, which is why that's why I assume that's what yeah. it is. Also, okay. But also, I, I, did, I was reading in, uh, you know, in preparation for the season, I was reading about a town, I think it's in Norway, where it's the ground is permanently frozen and that they can't bury their dead. Oh, dang. They literally can't. Mm. And so they have like a policy that I feel like if you're dying, you need to leave. <laughs> like you need to go somewhere where you can be buried. Jesus, they do, they wow. do not have the capacity uh, i'll send that link i think in the chat i've been doing a lot of reading about like um uh 
burial traditions because of my vampires video that is just well came out a few weeks ago when this airs but like um like the the draugr in norse mythology is like this undead uh drowned man who comes back to try and like take you and drown you as well and um it's like uh sociologically like you know seafaring people you know sometimes someone falls overboard and drowns and sooner or later they wash up on the coast somewhere and their you know their, their corpses are all gross um and like it's interesting how it, it fits in with a trend of like so many undead myths uh, are about specifically like pe the people around them having failed to give them proper burial rites and that's why they come back as some kind of monster um which is why i was saying about the viking burial and they you know burn up their guys at sea so that they don't like you know come yeah come, come back as a guy the reason i ask is because i was wondering if the frost giants would be upset to see one of their brethren literally turned into what they would consider to be a monster yeah i would here's what i would do mari and if they would all go fight it here's what i would do i would write that down i'd keep that a little thought and i put it in a little safe and i'd keep it close to your heart and what's uh you know, remember it. Uh, I, I found the I found the article. It's Svalbard, Norway, mm. uh, a Norwegian town uh, between Norway and the North Pole, has just under three thousand residents and has outlawed all burials. It is illegal to be buried in Svalbard. Uh, this was like a minor inspiration for Grendel, just like how many people live here. It's like you know three thousand ish during season or whatever is like the maximum capacity for the village during the during the season. So yeah, this is something I've been thinking about. And that's also kind of the inspiration for sun, moon stars. Cause I was like, Oh, this is a ma world of magic. So I can just have a person with a magic shovel. It's not mm -hmm. a deal, but yeah. Mari to answer your question. Good question. <laughs> Philippa, I have a question. Well, no, you're upset. Your spleen is burst. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, uh, emotionally. What's... She means emotionally. Uh, uh, your what's, emotional organ is exploded. It's fine. It'll be okay. What's What's your question? Um will this question help you feel better? What's your question, Slime? Do you remember when you lived with the frost giants? Yes. Do you remember that my blue kin has inhabited one of their dead bodies? Yes. Uh, he has become very big and dangerous, yes. I remember. So to the frost giants, with them knowing that one of them, their own, was turned into a horrifying monster, would that, um, would that cause them to go to some sort of war against the creature? Maybe a crusade? Some sort of quest? It would be a direct violation of their burial ethics. They don't want the bodies of the dead to be corrupted. And they have a strong sense that the frost giants are kept within the Akashic Stones spiritually. And their bodies must be preserved in, 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 in tombs. And yes, that would probably cause quite a ruckus. But what you have to consider is probably... Mold would respond by killing and taking them over. Hmm. Doesn't he also have all of the remaining good neighbors? Yes, but big thing versus big thing may be good. 
If I wasn't the governor, I would probably like to just watch that fight. Yeah. Yeah, think about that. Think about how awesome that fight would be, Philippa. I mean, it might take you a couple of problems off our plate at once. The shivering sheep behind the group go, Yeah, kill the frost giants! <laughs> See? 33 to 1. Frost Do all <laughs> sheep have murderous intent, Austin? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. They're prayed. They, they seek revenge. Um, I think I, I just want to specify only Basil with tongues and Philippa with the uh, dru druidic speak with animals can oh, shit. talk Sorry. can talk with the sheep. I believe not that like, it's fine for you to joke, but I just want to specify. Ozzy, can you speak with animals right now? Uh, Ozzy can has that spell prepared and can cast it. Yes. So. Okay, but yeah, there's still thirty sheep here before we continue our journey. I don't know how you want to resolve that. <laughs> sheep, do you know where we can get any cool resources for our journey? You got any cool shit squirreled away? <laughs> We don't believe in personal property. Also, don't eat us! I mean, less personal property, more, uh, we need to eat. Do you know where there's food? Do you have any food? <laughs> I went a little goaty there. I know animals don't have voices, but that felt more goat than sheep. Weird. Uh, Aze is just sort of, like, petting one or two of the sheep just a little bit while kind of hunched up with everyone. I was thinking it's just like, uh, there's certainly not much up here in terms of food, is there? No! Give us your food! <laughs> what do you say it's your life? Give us yours! Do we have any of the um the big thing left? The jerky? Um yeah, the supplies are kind of uh abstracted, but if you can if you can give them food if you would like to, that's on the table. Is that a lot well first of all, Slime would like to use as many hands as possible to copy what Aze's doing. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that Ma Champ petting four dogs <laughs> meme. Yeah. <laughs> says, um, yeah. Everyone move into the center of the huddle if you want to get petted. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> they said they are consenting to the pets. Uh, I checked. You. She, she's like, look, looks Aze in the eyes. And she's like, they said they are consenting to the pets. I checked with them and they said now they have consented to being pet on by you. Do you know that sheep and goats can actually create offspring? They're called geep <laughs> or shoats. <laughs> I did not know about geep. <laughs> I assume geep can't make more geep, I'm guessing. Yeah, wow. it's a mule situation. Yeah. So, wow. Would the sheep be willing to like give up a chunk of their wool? Like not enough to make them all cool, just one chunk from each sheep 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 chunk? Uh, it sounds like you want to roll animal handling for shunk or sheep chunk. Well, because, like, they don't have personal property, but they do have their wool. I don't know. Just <laughs> your, logic is, your logic is flawless. I'm, also, <laughs> I'm looking at some geeks. Some of them, like, as babies, they look cute, but, like, the adult ones just look like awkward teenagers. 20. Uh, that's one more. You disadvantage. Oh, because I'm tired. Fuck. Sixteen. <laughs> this is the first time slime has ever successfully animal handled. <laughs> no, you, you. This is a critical plot point: is you did roll <laughs> animal handling on cat because otherwise, and I, I did poorly, and cat ripped my boob off. And guess what happened then? Now we have a villain. No, but then later during the Baku arc in Marina's shop, you did succeed, and you held a long, meaningful gaze. It was. It oh was, yeah. It was very yeah. important. Um, and I am also looking at Geep now. 
<laughs> They're great. Uh, just look at this awkward fucker I put in the chat. <sighs> uh, yeah, so with a 16, even on disadvantage slime, you succeed. If you want to uh, add wool to your inventory, I'm not sure for what, but uh, they will trade wool for food. Yeah. Did you know for a long time researchers didn't think that lesbian sheep existed because the way that female sheep express attraction is by standing still near the, the sheep they like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not know so that. So <laughs> lesbian relationships among sheep just, that's, they just hang out. I mean, big mood. I'm wondering why <laughs> researchers were invested on the question of if lesbian sheep existed. Heteros are uh, weird. <laughs> Look, I I need to know that sheep can be lesbians. <laughs> well, I just assumed by default that they were, and I was kind of mad that I'm just imagining a man in lab being like, "Those sheep aren't lesbians." Yeah, I don't know why that made me mad. <laughs> They're just close friends. Did you all see? This is gonna be so dated. Did you see the uh, gorillas in the zoo fucking go in for oh, it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, I just want to point out that sheep's wool with the green of the sheep in it is actually extremely flammable and that's why I want it yeah uh, ta tallow right mm-hmm all right let's uh let's say then for alcohol purposes we're adding to that stock but yeah you can you can uh, add wool to your inventory but we all know what, it, what that means uh do you have anything else you want to say to these sheep or anything you want to do here before you continue your journey they're still like scared and huddling they're getting pets I guess ahem <clears throat> If any of you are female sheep who are also attracted to female sheep, um, go for it, ladies. Uh, say <laughs> hi. Um, she's probably thinking the same thing as you. She's probably wondering, oh, uh, is is she or or does she just like my style? Trust me, she does not just like your style. She does also, but also, she's down to clown. So just say she's it. Okay? She's never gonna know you like her if you don't tell her. Exactly. You just have to do it. We're valid! <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. As a slime, I can tell the sheep anything uh, you need me to tell them. I, this is something I tell all sheep. I... <laughs> <laughs> it's a standard sheep operating procedure. <laughs> I'm ready for season 13 and the just beautiful commune of lesbian sheep that we will eventually meet. <laughs> it seems as if the number of sheep versus one frost giant was much more in mass versus the frost giant. So next time one frost giant is chasing 200 of you, I want you to know that you could in mass take on the frost giant. Some of you may die, but then it would send a message to not fuck with you. Can you tell them that? Philippa yeah, Philippor explains the prisoner's dilemma yeah. to the sheep. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> they say, We tried that! We lost our mightiest warrior! Oh, God. It seems like you would need some sort of leader who was ruthless. He was taken by the frost giants! <gasps> <laughs> what was their name? Philippa, did you name Nobi, or did Nobi come with a name? Uh, Nobi was called Nobi when... She asked his name, yeah. Yeah. We called him Nobi the Brutal! <laughs> oh! Uh, the Brutal, you say? I love the secret backstory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he wasn't taken by the Frost Giants. He. Um. I heard that he went to a really cool place, um. far away, and is happy having a great time. 
Okay, this is all great. I want to be clear though. So the, the frost giants took Nobi back to the village. They were going to eat him. You arrived to convince them. Oh not shit! To. Okay, uh, right. Sorry. You can. Oh, you can. Cut I was going to say, do you want to roll? No, I was say, do you want to roll deception to reassure them that actually resistance isn't futile and that they should attack because it can only lead to good things? Or was that just a mistake? You want? Yeah, to I do actually. I'm going to say it. I'm going to roll it, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to say. Yeah, I've got a thing planned, so I'll just say it. Um, wait, <laughs> should, that should be with disadvantage because of my exhaustion. Um, yeah. Right. Um, she says, um, no, no, he actually wasn't taken by, uh, the frost giants. He, um, I, I met Nobi and he killed three frost giants before escaping. And now he lives <laughs> in the new world waiting for other sheep who have defeated frost giants to join him in glory. Sheep Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> Wolhalla. Yeah, Wolhalla. This is a good season. Bards, tell of it. So you rolled a 10 there, 24 and 10, unfortunately, disadvantage. So I think... Just let it happen. Just let it happen. (laughs) I was just going to say they aren't uniformly convinced. I think some of them are are given courage by this and will, uh, you know, maybe fight back if they can corner a lone frost giant hunter. But it's not like all suddenly they they all become the end of Pink Floyd's sheep. And rise up and kill everyone. God, that song rocks. Listen to <laughs> Animals. Best Pink Floyd album by a mile. <laughs> I made a I made a the wall reference in a, probably the episode that's coming out after this. Uh, and then Austin was like, I'm so sick of everyone getting wall pilled. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good uh, album, but it's in the left zeitgeist right now for reasons too stupid to go into. Yeah. Uh, Stupid, stupid reasons. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, though. Uh, but yeah, do, do you want to re-ask your question, Laura, just so the audience is reminded of where we were going? Uh, why, uh, why do you call him the, the Brutal? Nobi is most fearless. Always the attack. Always attack. They're all saying, attack, attack. Well, this is what we are saying. You, you could maybe use more attack. I mean, how dangerous could a sheep be? Oh, no, no, no offense. <laughs> I think a couple of sheep try to uh, headbutt you, like around the shins and ankles in Basil. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, but yeah, you've given enough of the sheep courage that they can rejoin the flock. Uh, some of them obviously will have been taken by the frost giant by the time the groups rejoin. But uh, average on deception means uh, they have some some steel in their heart. It's fine. We now know that Nobi has a history of being brutal. Like, notoriously so. Philippa takes this in uh, in exactly the context that she was expressing in her conversation with Slime before. Aw, isn't he just incorrigible? Uh-huh. But yeah, when you you getting picked on all your life as a prey species, you the, the opportunity to exercise power... Seems pretty sweet, doesn't it? If you become the bully, you're gonna get bullied less. Philippa, maybe Nobi would would thrive in some sort of constant war environment. <laughs> um. Well, yes, he probably would. I uh, since he has always had this history of being a warrior, apparently. Maybe he would enjoy the ruthless nightmare that is the world below. <laughs> Yes, he probably, I mean, 
Yes, maybe his talents are actually wasted in Grendel if he has such a deeply rooted warrior mindset. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He could be a warlord. <laughs> I was also thinking about how he would so easily buy the idea that he was a god. Who oh, would yeah. be like if he had always been the strongest <laughs> sheep and always the bravest. <laughs> that made sense to him. Uh, yeah. yeah, that tracks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, so this is the conversation you're having. You you bid this sheep farewell, and you continue your trek. Um, you uh, exit the whiteout as you near the peak, but the air is so thin up here. Can I get constitution saving throws? Three. Oh, no. Yeah, three. Uh, Fifteen. Uh, Aze botched. Got one of those good zero botches. So we're going to eat Aze, right? We're low on supplies and... <laughs> Yeah, uh, so you traded the wool for the food, so I'm, I didn't count that against your supplies, but I think the, uh, the, 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 this, the thing that happens here with this botch is that you all are so winded and so tired, you have to use too many supplies on your final ascent here. And so you started with three Beyblades full, you're down to one, and you still have to make the trek back down. Well, down's fine, you just sort of sit down and slide and you'll be down in no time. <laughs> <laughs> any experienced mountain climber can tell you that um, yeah just make sure you bring a little uh, tea tray up with you that you can sit on in your sled oh dear <laughs> so what's the conversation the party is having as they reach the summit this is like a moment of almost uh, spiritual joy and ascendance and majesty and fear all wrapped into one I'm sure it's going to be a very respectful kind of reverent tone to whatever you're all talking about. The reason that I tell every sheep group that I meet that is because when male sheep are attracted to each other, what they do to express this is to mount one another and just go for it hardcore immediately. Whereas with female sheep, they, they are used to... Uh, I'm sorry, I was rambling, I think. No, tell me more. Well, they are used to waiting to be mounted, and so mm -hmm. they're basically just waiting around for one another to mount, and neither of them ever will. Unless you go and tell them, ladies, go get that action, and then they do. Oh. It's good. I'm going to let the star Sun, Moon, Stars know about this. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. is perfect. I hope she likes it. Yeah, maybe we'll stand next to each other motionless. <laughs> the Mormon way. <laughs> no, that's that's what is it called? Soaking. What, um, soaking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so out of my element this entire episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck. I do love the idea of some moon stars being like, so this is how sheep do it, huh? Yes. <laughs> Do you want to do the other thing now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like as as the group approaches and gets closer to the entrance to the new world, Aze will just sort of come to a stop basically at the point where he was standing way back in the dream arc where he sort of entered into the nightmare where he's just staring into the entryway into the new world and feeling the the cold of the mountain around him and such and he, he just sort of stops uh for a moment and just stares 
Yeah, one difference from the dream, because they kind of operated on dream logic, mm -hmm. was that you kind of just like reached up and pulled yourself through the hole, like it was like a manhole cover, and then you were near the cave because it's a dream and that's how things happen. Here, physically, you see it's a little bit more complicated than that. The peak of Mount Grendel has been thrust up through the sky with druidic magic and is keeping what is essentially a wound in the sky open. Mm-hmm. Like the, the natural inclination of this uh, barrier between the worlds is to heal, but it can't because this, this mountain is like a splinter inside of it. And uh, you're looking up at the sky now and it has like, you can see in the crack, it has like an earthen quality inside of it because it is literally the, the ground of another world where, you know, people can plant plants like agriculture and stuff. It's, it is soil and earth, but it is right behind the sky in a way that is uh, truly uh sublime is the only word for it and so you, you're all looking at this it's it's like seeing behind the veil of reality it's very like truman show <laughs> like oh gosh there's something behind our world um and so hey, hey Aze, just uh one last question did you kill voya and chop up her brain <sighs> fuck slime hall of famer fucking christ <laughs> <laughs> Put the jersey up in the rafters. Just one last time before we inevitably come across either a live or a dead person. Did you do any sort of brain crushing? Hang on, hang on. Let me... Aze, I want you to understand that whatever we see in the cave, we will all go down to Grendo and deal with it with discussions and level-headed, rational conversation. And nothing rash. That might probably happen. Yeah. Most likely, you won't be killed immediately. Regardless of the answer that I give, it's not going to change where our destination is, isn't it? You know, I thought about it, and I thought, you know, I might kill you if I did f see a dead body. But then, what if I ate your brain and then found out you were innocent? So, that's that would be too embarrassing. So, I won't kill you. <laughs> Purely the embarrassment is the motivation. Perfect. Well, I have to explain it to Sun, Moon, Stars, and that's... Yeah, you, you don't know. want that headache. Yeah. Ozzy yeah. starts to try to pull himself forward towards, like, the way through... Uh, you know, despite just just really being rough right now in terms of his uh, the exhaustion and everything else. Aze, I don't think you did any of these things, but also I have a responsibility to the people of the town who come here and see where you left Voya. Check out your story with my eyes, not just based on a promise from you. It hasn't to do with our personal relationship and what I think of you. I hope you understand that. I understand, Philippa. And in that case, it's best that we continue to make progress so I can take you so I can take you to where I brought Voya and we can prepare to return to Grendel afterwards. So one last chance. Did you chop up any more brains? Doesn't have to be who we're going about to see. It could be anybody. Any brains that you chopped up 
Now is the time. We've all chopped up some brains. It's okay. I've chopped up brains. I'm sure Philippa, you know, Basil, you're too young, but one day you will too. Uh, good to know that that's an expected part of my life. Thank you. That's just the world we live in. It's uh, truly horrifying. Azay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, gets visibly frustrated when, like, being asked questions like this from Slime and just kind of pushes through it mentally to just keep on moving and avoid trying to answer the question. So that is how the final ascent goes. <laughs> Slime's question is unanswered and you climb up the last slope of the peak and at some point you are in this freezing cold thin air. It's hard to breathe. It, you can't feel your fingers. It's really rough, and then suddenly, there is a complete neutrality to the environment. It's not just that it isn't cold anymore. It's like temperature as a concept has ceased to exist. It's like you can breathe exactly the way you would in a, in a neutral space created by gods to be neutral in this liminal uh, ascent between the worlds. And on each side of you, you see this rich soil. You can see like some, some roots coming down through the, the bisected wound that you're inside, but the, the peak is cutting through at an angle. It's, a, a, it's like a diagonal climb up through this wound in the earth. And so you're climbing here and you just feel nothing. Nothing on your skin, nothing in your breath. It is uh, the equivalent of those, uh, you know, those chambers where that are soundproof inside. And you can hear your own blood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anechoic chambers. Yep. Where's truly at room temperature? Yeah, it's kind of upsetting. You're like, oh, you couldn't live here. You couldn't be here for long. I need to pick a side. I have to go. It has the atmosphere of a uh, well, a well-maintained hospital. <laughs> oh. It's it yeah it's it's not it's not like dark or evil but it's just upsetting in its uh not it's not connected to like it's sterility yeah and so you're climbing the last bit of the mountain the cold is behind you the snow is behind you and you can see a light at the top of the peak which just pokes up out of the out of what I'll I guess I'll call the earth although that term really doesn't have any meaning for your characters um Tell me about uh, squinting up into the sunlight because uh, the landscape here is both familiar and a little off. We've talked before about how the planets and stars in the sky are too close for comfort. Mm -hmm. they weren't, they're not astronomically far like they are in our human world. They are, they're like put there by the gods, like, like decorating a ceiling, you know, like the little star stickers. They're just... They're too close. Uh, if you've ever seen the illustrations of Frank Frazetta, who did a lot of like pulp sci-fi fantasy novels in like the 70s and 80s, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the skies always look really baller. Uh, ignore the extremely <laughs> muscular and, and naked people. That's not what I'm talking about. Just the skies. I, I will not. But okay. okay. You don't have to ignore that. That's what he's <laughs> famous for. But I always uh, the skies in all these illustrations is what I'm, I'm going for here. It's like alien, but it's not... Ter it's not like Eldritch. It's not like, oh, God, Cthulhu's here. It's just like, wow, that moon really needs to back off and give me some personal space. <laughs> also, why is it red? I'm just rolling nature here. I've got, oh, okay. 
with disadvantage, but I rolled 19s both times. I rolled 19 both times. And I just wanted to see, like, how well Philip is kind of processing the difference here. So, like, um, what is... Um, is the sky the, the singular most striking difference, or is the terrain also, like, weird? It's absolutely the sky that is strange. The, the, the actual ground, it seems like the gods made it to try to be as comfortable and familiar as possible. Uh, they did, <laughs> there is a little bit off about it, which is if you look north, you see like a cliff and a beautiful ocean. You look east, you see a desert prairie. You look south, you see a snow field. <laughs> like they put all the biomes <laughs> next to each other. Because the, the, go- oh, the gods are like, We've you know. we crossed over into Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> the, the gods are hubristic and they're not like ecologists. So they kind of, uh-huh. they did Minecraft it a little bit. Um, which. The, as, as we're all up here, um, I, I just want to note that Basil has had his eyes shut. Uh, the entire time since arriving up here, and is just gonna turn to Arze and go, "Can you describe it before I open my eyes? I want to make sure I'm not. I'm ready for this." Uh, well, if you want to see the most familiar uh, sort of land uh, here, let's face you southward here. All right, now. You know how the sky above basically is just an expanse of blue and nothingness? Yep. All right. So I want you to imagine the exact opposite of that. It is more filled with celestial bodies and planets and stars and all those things that I talk about. And you could stare at there for days on end and be given an endless supply of sights and inspirational views to take in. So. Thank you. I will, uh, in a second when I'm ready, I will have a look. Philip is feeling, um, the thought that pops into her head is that it is first, like, if, yeah, like you said, like she can observe that there's kind of a weird closeness to the the differences in terrains and like, uh, um, you know, if it's a known story that this was created by the gods for a purpose, like she has this kind of thought that she's trying to reconcile, which is that it's, which is that. Although it's not the right word for it, she's she's she says she she's trying to reconcile the thought that it's fake, mm-hmm. and she likes it. Like, although it's so empty and neutral, and right, it's like it's not like the world that she's been living in, and she is like, it's kind of like someone put together a, a place that you could could be and be removed from all the heavy baggage of the world below i I think i think basil eventually opens their eyes and looks up and i think the first thought that they have upon looking up at that sky is i understand why Arze is so obsessed with this. Like you, like you can, Arze is looking up with Basil and Philippa can see like a, 
it's a weak smile, but it's like a genuine looking smile. Like there's just something comforting about being back up here after the time that he has been away. Slime looks up at the uh, skygape. And don't say skygape. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> we're, 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 we're past the skygape. We're in the new world already at this point. <laughs> uh, slime takes Neela's body bottle out of their mouth and says, at least she's here with us. I think this is a good place to dump her body into a hole. Slime. Oh my god. Wait. That's not right. Oh, okay. This is a special place, but she would want to be in the middle of it all. She would want to be right where she lived, in the middle of Grendel. Interesting. Two two people who are not Laura deciding what Laura would want (laughs) is very interesting. I mean, I know what Neelith would want, but I'm not going to chime in. I chimed in because I think it's in character for Philippa to. Yeah, no, no, I agree. It's in character. (laughs) I don't get a say in these things anymore. I don't want to unduly influence what Neelith would have wanted. That's the whole point. We don't. We don't know. I mean, I know, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. uh, So, I mean, slime. You don't have to agree with Philippa, but do, do you? All right. The bottle body goes back in my mouth. Yeah, I can say as much as that Neelith never expressed a desire to be specifically buried up there. Her rotting flesh stays with me still. When we returned, she still did her journey. She still was with us. Yeah. Yeah. Aze uh, Aze will after after allowing Basil enough time to sort of take in the site, we'll say Our journey is nearly complete here, so we go this way as he gestures towards the biome that the the biome direction that has the the forest area yeah there's a wooded area to the west and you can see uh up ahead there seems to be a little settlement and there's a big sign in front of it Mm. what does the sign say uh does anybody speak celestial aze does oh oh so does basil all right, uh, Basil and Aze can read the sign. It says, Welcome to Arabella. A-R-A-B-E-L-L-A. Um, that's what it says literally. You know that the word Arabella uh, translates literally into an answered prayer. Uh, same way like Philadelphia translates to like city of brotherly love. It like, has mm-hmm. It's a name, but also means something. Sounds pretty gay. Yeah. <laughs> Was that in character? <laughs> We've not arrived at like literally Voyaville yet, then. No, that that is apparently the name that has been given to the New World. Yeah, yeah. This like yeah. The in this case here, the firmament is a reference to the stars above Arabella, but the land that we're on is Arabella. Is to 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 restate. Uh, Nazis appear. He's not. He's not looking at the ground. He's looking up. That's where all the cool stuff is. <laughs> I love that you said that because you're, you're approaching the, the the sign and you're looking up at the stars, uh, and you you trip over something actually. Uh huh. 
Do you want a dexterity save to see if you uh, get hurt? This is a cloud. We haven't done an Aze trip in a while, but you gave me the opportunity. Aze all the way up a mountain without without eating shit. <laughs> well, Aze, come on. Yeah, Aze gets all the way up here. He, we're walking along. I'm. I, I don't have third level exhaustion, so I'm not rolling with disadvantage here. And Aze rolls a twenty on his dexterity saving throw. New world, new Aze. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, you trip over something, but you don't fall on your face. If anything, you do like you transfer into like a cool flip. <laughs> you, you make it seem like you were planning it. Uh huh. So what did I? What did Ozzy trip over? Yeah, sitting on the side of the road, uh, maybe even leaning up against the sign, uh, is a humanoid figure. Um, do you want to describe it, Sophie? Um, I think that on first glance it appears to be a statue um it looks just like a person um very androgynous like no, like lacking in defining features actually um but like that's it the first thing you think is like that's just a statue someone's made a really weird statue that's just like a person kind of like resting at the side of the road and that gives you pause to think about it, right? Because it's like, what an interesting, what an interesting thing for someone in the new world to make this piece of sculpture. But then there's a vibe you're getting from it, which is that this isn't a statue. This is some. This is something else. Slime licks the statue thing. <laughs> <laughs> then you get the sense that this. Uh, has moved yeah there's a statue leaning up against the sign that says welcome to arabella and you can see in the distance there's a little uh wild west style town that has kind of popped up but none of these things are what you're here for mm -hmm. um off the, to the side of the road there is a forest and in the forest is a cave mm -hmm. tell me what you do Aze will pat the statue gently look to the others and and will say we can check in the settlement nearby after we're done with our, well, visit, but let's proceed. Uh, slime rips off one of their arms and throws it into the woods. <laughs> uh, yeah. Slime, what are you, you slime, oh, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> Oh, I'm just leaving a little bit of me. There's a settlement over there. I thought it was fine. How did that go last time that you left a bit of you in the woods? Well, sometimes it goes really well. Like when? Well, you know. Oh yeah. God. Well, I, I, I'm here. You don't trust my arms? It's too late. It's already out there. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh. Uh, Ozzy rubs his head a bit and, and we'll say, Oh, jeez. I... Probably should have restated the whole not leaving a trace thing, but... There's a settlement! How is that traceless? We're not staying here, Slime. We're returning, so we don't we don't leave things here. I'm gonna get a shirt made that says, Trust My Arms. As it makes a point, these... Yeah. They stayed here, but we aren't staying here. But my arm is staying here. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say, I already have, uh, I didn't know this was going to happen, but I'm going to put it in the chat. Uh, 
the design Levi made for your arm next season. <laughs> oh, great. Perfect. Yeah. But um, seriously, though, to slime, the settlement is a part of you all. It doesn't matter that you don't even know them. So I don't see why slime can't also leave a settlement. So with this disagreement hanging in the air, it's an interesting tension between Aze and Slime because we're we're reaching a point where there's discussion about will Slime kill Aze? So I actually like that this is a disagreement prefacing the walk through the woods. Um, you're crunching through the leaves. It's beautiful. This is a, a nearly untouched environment crafted by the gods specifically for people to enjoy. It couldn't be more beautiful and idyllic and scenic it's powerful in fact uh everybody loses one level of exhaustion oh yay cool um it's absolutely gorgeous and in the distance uh you do see a, a f opening for a forest cave so if you want to describe this sketch or if somebody wants to give a final speech before we get to the cave now is the time when the talking ceases, I will reveal what is inside the cave, and then we all have to live with it. Before we look, again, none of us are going to act rashly in response to what we find. We are just going to see what is there, and then go back down, and then discuss things in Grendel. No rash, sudden decisions. She's like looking around the group, trying to make sure that everyone's on the same page about that. I agree. If there's any arms around, I can't. They're in, they're their own individuals. <laughs> yes, I I see that is the case. The arm is not part of our party, so I am not including them in this discussion. As a compromise for letting my arm be a settlement, I won't kill Aze. For now. We, we will see how this goes and see where we're at once we know. And I, I hope that this gives you the answers that you're looking for, Philippa. By the way, um, there's plenty of times when Slime's comedy's gone well. Think you're welcome for this the rink and the bridge. <laughs> Who goes first? Uh Aze will go first. And under, like softly to himself, he's just humming something uh, for a bit of comfort as he approaches the cave. You enter the cave and you see a number of items. You see stacks of paper, you see books, you see cookware, uh, you see uh, telescopes and things of that nature for stargazing and astrological research. Uh, the most notable thing that ties all of these items together is that they are covered in cobwebs and dust, as if they have not, not been used in quite a while. Uh, the table, similarly covered in dust, a chair, dust, cobwebs, uh, a drawer, like a dresser drawer, a bureau, cobwebs, dust. And in the corner of the cave, you see a bed, and in it, you see a goblin. A live goblin? I... 
are they in a sleep where they do not age and do not everything's fine and they don't need to eat? Are they in are they in are they in one of those sleeps? <laughs> <laughs> While affected by this spell, the creature doesn't need to breathe, eat, or drink, and it doesn't age. I'm having sudden moments of, I remember with the hail thing, Austin being like, this is the most important thing I'll say all season. I'm like, mm. I remembered, I remembered Austin. It's important. I listen sometimes. Turn the white snow red and strawberries in the summertime.